Well, hello, folks, and welcome to Chapel Chimes podcast, a podcast ministry of Cook's Chapel Baptist Church in Pipestone, West Virginia. Uh, I'm Dallas Payton, Jr. I'm the pastor here at Cook's Chapel, and we're so glad that you have chosen to download, to listen. We hope to subscribe and to rate on all the podcast platforms. We're now found on several. We are hoping to see an increase in this uh, ministry and this podcast platform. And we thank the Lord for those who have uh, tuned in. And we're getting, we got some things lined up, got some special things uh, looking ahead. And uh, we're excited about that. And it just gives us an opportunity to address things that we normally would not address necessarily from the pulpit uh, of our church, but yet it needs to be addressed. Kind of a uh, of a podcast devoted to looking at culture and Christianity and how those intersect and some of the things that are going on that uh, need to be talked about, but maybe not uh, a place or a time, have it enough time to talk to talk about behind the pulpit of a church. And so that's kind of why we started this. And today we want to look at a podcast that I, I've entitled this. I have no notes in front of me. I do have a sermon that I want to look at and talk about just a little bit today. But what I want to talk about is having a right spirit. I want to, to bring a podcast and just discuss this issue of having a right spirit. It's a big deal to me. I think it's a big deal in the Word of God. I think we all could work on it. I think many of us fell from time to time. I know I have. And uh, I, I want to just talk about having a right spirit. Lord, I pray you be with us in these next few moments on this podcast. And I pray that everything that is said will bring honor to your name. We thank you and we praise you. And we ask you to bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we live in a world of a lot of arguing, don't we? We live in a world of social media. Uh, we live in a world of blogs and emails and websites. Um, in fact, not only social media, but mass media. Uh, we, we have words now that, you know, a generation ago, folks would not even know what you were talking about not all that long ago. And uh, it's it's unbelievable, some of the statistics. I think, I, wa- I, I want to say that, I think Facebook came out in 2004. And, and look how it just, it's exploded all over the globe. Um, and all the many other outlets, and many that I don't even know, uh, and are constantly morphing and changing. And so we live in a world of a lot of information, a lot of dialogue, a lot of disagreement. And as an American, it seemed like we woke up one day and all of a sudden we lost our ability to disagree in a right way with one another. Uh, And there's always going to be disagreements. There always has been disagreements. But what I want to talk about today is how that we as Christians, I know a lot of young men listen to this podcast that that are around uh, around our ministry or in our ministry. And, And what I want to talk about is how can we stand for the truth and the right of Scripture? Stand for the truth that the Word of God shows us uh, in stand for light, if I can say it that way, in a dark world. But how can we do that without losing our testimony? How can we stand for truth and right? Because that's going to maybe rub somebody the wrong way, but do it in a godly, conscientious, right way. Uh, now, let me say this from the outset. I, I have no answers to everything. I, I'm just going to give a few thoughts. In fact, I I'm kind of doing this for myself as much as anything to see how is it? Can we do, can we do that? Uh, and how do we do it? And I might even have some guests to come on and just talk about how they do it. I know some folks, I'm getting ready to be around a guy 
that is very good at this, a preacher, and, and I might have him as a guest uh, on the podcast, and he does a fantastic job of, of, of declaring the truth and doing it with the right spirit. Now, there, there, let me begin by saying this. There, there's two things that happen uh, that the ditches that we get off in, and the two ditches that we get seem to get off in when it comes to having the right spirit is one, we let everything go, and we never st- we never say no to anything, and we just let it go and let it pass. We're the nice guy, we're the easygoing person, and everything just is okay, and we're very liked. But we have not taken the stand for truth. We've not uh, stood without apology. We haven't uh, fulfilled what the Bible says, having done all to stand. And so we have that ditch, and then we have the other extreme, and that would be we take the right stand. We we even believe biblically sound. We, we go, you know, we, we cross our T's and dot our I's, so to speak, in the right way. But our spirit and our attitude is atrocious and is so off-putting that it even hurts the cause of Christ. That is, of course, I believe, an extreme. And how do we balance the two? How do we have a foolproof ministry, as uh, someone has said several years ago? It's balance. It's foolproof. It's living a life of standing for God, standing for truth, and not backing down, by the way. and But at the same time, being kind while we do it, being loving, being forgiving, showing grace. And it is a tightrope. Nobody has the final answers, but it is important. Because if we have the right stand and the wrong attitude, that that is, that is disastrous. But if we don't stand for truth and right, that is actually going against God. And so we have to look at this. And so... I come across a sermon that has a little bit of this in it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of comment on it a little bit and then kind of have my thoughts about this here on the podcast. And what I would say to someone, who, if, if someone come to me and said, Hey, preacher, I, I want to I wanna take a stand and do the right thing as a husband, as a dad, as a, as a teenager, as a college student, whatever, wherever somebody's at in their life. But yet, I, I want to I not be the jerk at the office. I don't want to be the jerk at the street, on my street, on my block. I don't want to be the Christian guy that everybody says, yeah, he's a Christian, but don't be around him. Let me say, first of all, a Christian has to be kind. Ephesians 4.32 says, be ye kind one to another, uh, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That outside of, the, of uh, John 3.16 my, my best memory is that that was one of the first verses, if not the first verse, that I memorized. I actually went to public school, memorized that in a Bible class as a very young age. And it's still true. And we have to be kind. And, and Christianity and kindness go together. I mean, we know this. Uh, it's very clearly taught in Scripture that Christians and Christianity and our Savior, who was loving and merciful and kind, and we are to... Uh, exude that as Christians. Uh, and so we have to be kind. I mean, we can't get around it, but we have to stand for truth. Now, here, here let, me, let me share a verse with you that Dr. Willett shares in his uh, sermon. And you can find this sermon on ministry127.com. Uh, that is, I think, out of Paul Chapel's church. But there's a sermon there called Keeping Your Spirit Right. He begins his sermon by, by, by quoting Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Now, the temptation is, while we want to be kind, the temptation is, is to let things go and to not address them or to compromise. As you know, people that stand for truth and right, one of the reasons they kind of can come across harsh is because they, they uh, want to stand for truth. And, and many folks that hate truth 
no matter what truth you say, they'll tell you that you're being mean. And so it becomes very complicated. And we, for example, we throw the word bully around a lot today. We live in a, a bullying world, and yet um, bullying does happen. But I've learned something as an administrator of a Christian school now for two decades, and that is this, that many times the, fir- the person who says that they are being bullied is the bully themselves. Very complicated issue, and so is this, keeping a right spirit. And so let's talk about a few of these things. In fact, this picture here of, uh, of not that if you don't have your spirit, the, the, the idea here is really your own spirit. Uh, to ask God to give you grace, but yet ask God to help you to stand. Uh, and if you don't, you're like a city that has broken down walls. And, and of course, we know we're going to have enemies in this world. If you're listening to my voice today, you know that enemies are going to come. We, have, uh, we know that sometimes criticism Dwelling on our criticism robs us of joy. It ruins our day. It causes us to lose focus on who God is and what he does for us. And, and our enemies can can affect us in that way. It causes us to have a foul, bad, mean spirit. Sometimes it can be our own families. I see the way some children are raised. And it's not just them that's bullies. It's their, it's their parents that are bullies. It's their whole lifestyle. They don't know what it's like for somebody just to be kind to them. And they just don't, they have no idea. I mean, they just speak that way. Um, in fact, many times our own friends can hurt us and can cause us, a, uh, you know, the, when you think about people that get hurt at church, a lot of times it's from their own close friends, and that hurts you in a deep way. And sometimes it's just life. I mean, life causes things to happen. Man is born of trouble as the sparks fly up, or Job chapter, Job chapter 5 or 7 says, and things happen. You can get a bad spirit because. Hey, we get bad health reports. You know, um, we we have family members that are sick. I mean, I'm as as I'm making this, I'm I'm praying for a, a young lady who has a brain tumor. I mean, you can't get around it. My wife stays in severe pain almost every single day of her life. I, I see people that are dealing with chronic diabetes and cancer, and, and and so it's it can be very hard to keep a right spirit if you're in pain. It can be very hard if you're being attacked. But we have to be careful. In fact, it, it, it can it can affect everything. Like it affects your uh, perception. It affects affects everything that goes on in your life. It can affect your perspective, um, and it and it can really hurt uh, what you are doing in your life. And so we know this. I think it's pretty easy to talk about this. One of the things I think that social media has done with blogs and websites and, and Twitter and Facebook, and I'm probably leaving some out. You know, I know a lot of teenagers are on, teenagers are on Snapchat. Uh, but one of the, and Instagram with the pictures, I mean, and I'm probably, you know, I hear some all the time. I just got on a, a new one that's coming out. But one of the things that that, that does is it gives people a forum uh, to lash out with their words, with their barbs that they otherwise would not have. Now, that can be helpful if it's standing against something that's wicked and wrong. But, boy, we've got to be careful. Now, let me let me give you what he, he gives two suggestions as he closes out this sermon that he preached. And I want to just look at this just a little bit. And this is not original to me, but I want to share it today by way of a podcast because I think it's good and I want to comment on it. First of all, he says, number one, we need to keep the right focus. And, of course, the focus needs to be on God. Isaiah 26.3, which is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, says, That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. It does not have... And he writes this. I'm going to quote him directly. It does not matter what happens in the rest of the world 
Our God is good. He is loving. He is perfect. He is sinless. He never leaves us or forsakes us. When we find ourselves becoming negative, discouraged, and down, is a reminder that we have not focused enough attention on God. So maybe you're battling a wrong spirit. Maybe you're kind of aggravated. Maybe you're driving down the road by yourself and you feel like, man, nobody nobody cares. Uh, I mean, it's just a constant barrage, a constant battle. Let me say this. And we all, don't we all need this? To focus on the Lord. Um, Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw men unto me. we got to keep our eyes upon him. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so we, now you say, well, brother, that's, we know that. But we have to do that. Now think about this. When you get ready to, to send a tweet or to make a blog or make a video, I, I left out one of the biggest ones, YouTube. I forget how many millions upon millions of channels and, and videos there are now, they say. Um, you have to focus on the Lord. And it's so easy. And I'll give you an example. I'll use YouTube for an example. I, I, uh, the great uh, opera singer, uh, Pavarotti, who, who, is, who is a legend in that world of singing, of opera. And I came across a video of his on YouTube, and I, I forget, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, it, literally it had, of course, you know, several million views, um, and then several, I mean, I want to say 80, 100,000, you know, I'll just throw that out there. You can go and look this up. But... It had just tons of, of you know, thumbs-ups, as they say. Uh, but it also had about 10, 12,000, I want to say, or 20,000 thumbs down. And I thought, you know, this thing has 10 million views, um, and, and it's got this many thumbs down. If I if you dwell on the negative, and then there was people in the comment section. I mean, I really looked into this, and, I, and it really taught me something. I really learned. Here's one of the greatest singers... Now, people may not like the genre or the style of singing, but uh, Pavarotti, and I watched a documentary about him, learned quite a bit about his life, but Pavarotti was considered one of the greatest voices in history. He, he, he was a tremendous singer. I mean, he could uh, he could just belt them out. I mean, if you've ever listened to him. Again, you may not like that style, but he could sing. But even as great as he was, he had people that were going to detract, the people that were going to hate. And I learned because I think that would have really bothered me to solve 20,000, 80,000, 100,000. I don't think I'd have looked at the 10 million. And I think it's a little bit of a flaw in my own heart, mind, and thinking to dwell on that negative. And I said, Lord, I've got to quit doing that. But here's somebody who has that negatives. And so you're going to have, uh, that had to deal with those negatives. You're going to have to as a Christian, and I'm going to have to, to focus on God. I catch myself, there'll be one bad thing happen, focus on it, versus the 20 good that happened. And so focus on God. He writes, secondly, he says this, focus on, not only keep the right focus on, focus on God, focus on the goodness of God, how good God's been to us. It's easy to talk about the bad things and the negative things, and, and those do happen, but God sure has been good. Uh, I know we, we're living in a time where people talk about abuse and getting hurt, but let me say this, there is a difference in legitimate, real abuse. We ought to call that out. We ought to name it. But there is a difference in that and getting our feelings hurt. We're also living in a world where it doesn't take much for somebody to say, oh, you're being mean. Uh, you know, the orange man bad syndrome. As we've seen it in politics. We see it on the media. If somebody doesn't agree with everything you say all the time, they're being mean to you. Can I help you a little bit? Just because they don't agree with you does not mean they're being mean to you. They might not understand or they may not be right. Uh, it could be they could be partially right. It could be you could only be 70% right, 30% wrong. But it don't mean that they hate you or mean to you. And so we have to 
Remember that God is good. Mankind is not good. Sometimes we're not good. and But we've got to focus on the goodness of God and not on our feelings all the time. We're living in a feelings world. Everybody gets their feelings hurt. And I think it hurts the cause of when there really is legitimate abuse. Um, you know, somebody recently was kind of debating with, with me about the alcohol issue. And I was talking to somebody who grew up around alcohol. And he said, well, anybody that would say anything like that about alcohol has never grown up in a, in a drunkard's home. And see, when you, when you look at it from that perspective, you understand it a little bit more. And so focus on the goodness. If you've got to get that right perspective. And then he says this, focus on the good around you. Not everybody's critical, he writes. Not everybody's negative. Not everybody's disloyal. Not everybody has left the church. Not everybody is insincere. Not everybody's a hypocrite. And uh, I, I'll, the reason I'm sharing this today is because that kind of hits home with me because I catch myself looking and getting cynical and thinking, well, everybody is critical and everybody is out to get you and everybody's got an angle. And uh, I, I, sometimes I spend a day and say, well, prove me wrong. And some folks live a life where their, their, their parents have let them down, their their spouses let them down. Their children let them down. It, it does seem like, and I've talked with these. I've, I've tried to counsel people as a pastor over the year that it, years that it does seem like that they've had a lot of things in life let them down, and it can be hard to even counsel them. But we have to focus on the good. Sometimes we forget about how good God's been to us, and so to keep that right spirit, you got to keep a right focus. And then another one that he writes this, and I, of course I'm going to add to this a little bit, but he writes keep the right friends. And iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 27, 17. Uh, Proverbs 27, 9 says, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. You know, years ago, I remember a, a, a guy that told me this out of his own mouth. He said, you know, most of the trouble I've ever gotten in my life was because of the friends that I was hanging around. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times criticism and bad criticism or having the right spirit is very much the friends that you keep. Now, that doesn't say that you can't be friends with someone and keep them at arm's length, but you have to be careful who you are with uh, day in and day out. And uh, if we're not careful, having friends that have the right spirits, uh, you know, you got to consider the source. And having friends that have the right spirit, and we all have to battle this. Sometimes you have to, you kind of have to reassess and say, hey, uh, you know, um, I, I know here recently, well, I say recently, been a few years ago, actually, now thinking about it, but uh, I was in our gymnasium. We have a gymnasium at our ministry, and I was in the gym. And there was a certain preacher that every time I saw him, I noticed when I was driving home, I was getting very discouraged. And I called. I said, you know, I think what it is is they're coming to me, and they're not meaning it. But I was letting their negativity affect me. And I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I, you know, not that I tried to avoid him, but I, I tried to get my mind around, hey, he, what he says, don't take that to heart. That can be very hard to do, but you got to set up those parameters. In fact, I would say this: if it's somebody that's causing you to have a bitter spirit, get away. If, if you can't, if you can't do social media, if you can't scroll past the the mean Facebook post, uh, shut it off, shut it down. I know someone that just said, "Hey, I'm I'm getting off social media. I can't. I get too frustrated. I can't control that. Do whatever you can." I think there's some Proverbs verses that talk about, uh, you know, walking away, getting away. Like, for, of course, it talks about the froward woman, but you know, do what you've got to do, uh, practically speaking, to not do that. Uh, I think also, though, I think there there does need to be uh, a an ability to say no and do say no in a proper way. Do it through prayer. Do it through 
proper channels. If it's an ought against a brother, we see that in the Word of God, how to go about that. Uh, do it with a spirit of humility. Do it, you know, uh, don't answer a matter without having all the all the uh, uh, facts in front of you. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things we can go into. Uh, one of the things that social media does so so readily is it gives people an opportunity to spout off without going through those proper channels. Uh, for example, let's let's just use an example. Let's say somebody has a big disagreement in a church, or between churches, or between ministries, or maybe between brothers and sisters in Christ, or maybe even in a family. That's usually not going to be fixed in in a five minute phone call. Uh, you have to meet face to face. You know, get a cup of coffee, get a get a comfortable chairs. Set you off some time on your on your schedule. Be honest. Have a good long word of prayer. Have the word of God, and go piece by piece and see if some things can get reconciled. Now, what I have found is that most people do not want to do that. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It's going to take humility. Most of the time, we just want to jab and go. We want to just make us spout off and roll. And we see this in social media like never before. And we have to be willing to say, no, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Let's, if we have a disagreement, if, we're, if there's a wrong spirit, then let's let's talk about that. Or are they saying that it's a wrong spirit when it's not? Maybe somebody says, well, you're being mean. And they're saying that as a weapon against you. I think that's what goes on a lot, for example, with social media. They say, well, you're being mean. Or the preacher is being mean. Because he's preaching the word. See, it's the word of God, for example. Something very controversial like homosexuality. Uh, you got to be careful what words you use and what you say, that you're not vulgar, that you're not hurtful. But the word of God is pretty clear on it. The, per- the word of God is very clear on it. And if you're as clear as the word of God, there is going to be people that are going to be hurt by that. But that's the Lord's doing, not our doing. We've got to make sure that it's not our personality. And it can be tricky. Because sometimes our personality gets in the way. Our own personal feelings about things can can get in the way. I have personal standards and convictions that I believe. And I have a hard time sometimes when folks don't do that. But i got to make sure it's what I think that's causing the trouble and not what the Lord says. If the Lord says it, if I preach the Word of God on Sunday morning and people are greatly offended by the preaching of the Word, that's one thing. If I get up and I'm a jerk or that I say maybe an illustration that doesn't hit just right, or maybe I misquote something and, and I'm at fault. If it's user error, as we say, uh, you know, then then it's on me. It's not on the Lord. And by the way, you may be hurt today. Somebody may have really hurt you. You might be a little bit mad at God about it, but it's not the Lord that did that. You know, I learned a long time ago, I was kind of holding some things against the Lord, and, and the Lord wasn't any more pleased with it than I was, uh, so to speak. And, and, and uh, so we have to be careful to have that right spirit, to keep that right spirit. And it can be very hard to keep a right spirit. Now, this can apply not only to a pastor in a church, to pastors with each other, to ministries with each other, to church members with each other, to to families. You know, we see a lot of this happening uh, with families, with brothers and sisters, with parents, with, with siblings. I mean, uh, with, with extended family, uh, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. Uh, we all kind of know family members in situations where people won't speak to each other, and sometimes they are deep-seated. And not everything can always be addressed. Not everything can always be fixed. There are, The Bible says, as much as life within you, live peaceably with all men. So that tells you that there does come a time when maybe you can't. Sometimes people just have to agree to disagree. 
I would want. I would say this. I would give you a word of caution. I'd make sure that's a big thing that you're disagreeing on. I would hate to think that somebody won't speak to one another because of something that's minor, or because of an opinion. Uh, but uh, and I would hate to think that it was my demeanor. Make sure your demeanor's right, that your walk is right, that you're doing everything you can on your side. Because if we're not careful, we could be the problem. It could be. It could be us that's causing it. Ask. Seek your heart. Uh, seek the Lord to search your heart, I should say. Search your heart and let the Lord show you. You know, many times, uh, I'll tell this story and I'll close with this, uh, with my sweetheart. Uh, you know, I was uh, not been pastoring real long where the church I'm at now. I've been at our church 22 years. And, and I, I had the habit of going down on Saturday and just kind of doing some final studying by myself at our church. And there was, a, there was times when, when I would go and maybe my wife and I had an argument or we wasn't getting along just perfectly. And, and I would start to pray for her at the altar of the church. And instead of me telling on her, it's like as soon as I started praying, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to go home and make it right, that it was my fault. And uh, <laughs> that happened to me many, many times. And finally, I quit even going down and said, hey, I'm just going to stay here and keep things right. And I don't even go anymore and study in that way anymore. You say, what do you mean, Brother Dallas? Well, I had to make it right. I had to get things settled. I could sit and be on a high horse and say, no, I'm right on it. And by the way, that doesn't mean that every time that I was wrong in my, in my assertion, what I was saying. But the Lord has put on me, hey, you get that thing settled with her. You let me deal with all that, and I'll take care of it. And, you know, that helped me. And I've done it with other situations. I haven't always. There's been times where my flesh or my quick temper, whatever it may be, might get in the way, or I do something without thinking. Uh, and so I haven't always arrived, and, and I don't want to ever, well, I sure don't want to come across that way. I have to be constantly watching my tone and attitude. But I do want to stand, and I do want to do the right thing. I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. I want to be able to slay the dragon. You know, the, back in the olden times, when the knight would go out, he was a knight. He had to be, he had to love the, his, you know, his family and, and, the, and the ladies and the children. He had to protect them. Well, he couldn't just be kind. He also had to have a sword and a spear, and he had to be able to ride in the armor and go slay the dragon. When the dragon came to town, the, uh, and all those are archetypes in literature. And uh, the knight, you know, King, the King George had to go out and slay the dragon. I mean, you, you see the country of Wales, for example, has a dragon on their flag. And if you do a little study of the history of that in, in literature, You'll find that, that you know, that's what it is. There's, there's an archetype all the way through, and that is you, they have to be tough enough to slay the dragon. For example, we're living in a bubble-wrapped world. We want to wrap our children up in bubble wrap so they won't be hurt. When what we really need to do is teach them how to be on the attack against the dragon, not just be on defense mode. So we want to be on the attack. We want to stand against Satan and the wickedness of this world, but we do have to be noble. That's the word that I use a lot. I talk about it a lot at our church. I hope I've instilled it in my children. I believe with all my heart that God wants us to be noble. We want to be like knights. We want to be serve the king, uh, do what he wants us to do, do it in a strong way, but do it with integrity, with honesty, with humility, and do what it is that God wants us to do in the right way. Disagree? Yes. Draw the sword if you must. But do it with the Lord's backing and as kind as you possibly can. Well, I hope that'll be an encouragement to you to keep the right spirit. Maybe you're dealing with a situation. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's with a, with a spouse. Uh, I, I know this. Bathe them in prayer. 
stay in the word, stay humble, uh, search your own heart, keep your eyes upon the Lord, and understand that sometimes things are just going to be hard to deal with, and trust him through it. I hope that this will be a little encouragement, a little help to you. Thank you for downloading and listening uh, to the podcast today. Uh, Tell somebody about us, uh, share us, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to close with prayer, and I hope that you uh, will be encouraged to keep serving the Lord and to understand that there are times that we just have to have the right spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd be with us, that you'd help us, that you'd lead God and direct today. We'll give you all the honor and glory. Help us to have, truly, Lord, the right spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.